You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. As we sarcastically expected, the Sacramento Kings are on another win streak. Now, it's only three games after last night's victory in Oklahoma City, but if Sacramento can get through the Indiana Pacers tonight with the win, who knows how long this win streak will go for here at the end of the season. On today's Locked on Kings podcast, we'll recap last night's win, preview the Kings and the Pacers with Tony East of the Locked on Pacers podcast. It's all here for you on Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Kings podcast, your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. Last night's game, there are two things about this that didn't surprise me. One is the Kings got the win. Now, I do have lowered expectations for Sacramento anytime they take on a team worse than them, and it's crazy how much success the Kings have had against 500 teams this season. Teams that are currently 500 or better, the Kings actually have an over 500 record against. Their record is abysmal against teams under 500. But that being said, I still expected Sacramento to get a win in this game simply because I know the OKC Thunder are tanking as hard as they possibly can for as good of a draft pick as they can get. And I certainly don't blame them for doing that. But I also wasn't surprised at all to see that out of the three games during this winning streak, This is the worst the Kings looked. Now, there are a couple reasons for that. Number one, probably the main one, is that Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, and Harrison Barnes are all out. And we know the three of them combined for something like 54, 55 points per game scoring. So it didn't surprise me that the Kings only scored 103 points. But how about Sacramento holding a team to under 100 points in back-to-back games? I don't know if that's been done this season. I don't know if that's been done in the last decade for the Kings. Well done, Sacramento. Glad they could hold OKC to just 99 points. 103-99, to the final score of this one. The Kings improved to 28-37 and on the season. Speaking of Tyrese Halliburton, we were still waiting for his MRI results before the game. Luke Walton had the uncomfortable job of speaking to the media when he was not really able to divulge any extra information, really put in a tough spot, and I don't necessarily think it's fair that he was put in that position, but I thought he handled it well. And then it came out right at the end of the game or right after the game was over, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the MRI results were negative. There was no ligament damage or severe damage of Tyrese Halliburton's knee, which was great to see. However, it is expected that Tyrese will be held out for the remainder of the season, which based off of my conversation yesterday where I wanted the Kings to shut down Fox, Halliburton, and Harrison Barnes, I'm certainly not mad at that. So good news for Tyrese Halliburton. I did have a problem with Adrian Wojnarowski getting that news before anyone in Sacramento did, whether it was James Hamm, Sean Cunningham, Jason Anderson, Jason Jones. As long as we've been waiting over the last really 48 hours or a little less than 48 hours for these MRI results, the fact that 
that information got national before it got local. I'm not really a fan of that, but that's, I guess, sour grapes at this point. So with no Fox and no Halliburton, it was up to DeLon Wright to take over the starting point guard duties. Now, this isn't something that is new to Wright. He was mainly the starting point guard for the Detroit Pistons this season before the Kings acquired him at the trade deadline. So we know DeLon Wright is capable of running an offense. Now, he is a pretty significant drop-off from both Halliburton and Fox, of course. But from a Kings perspective, you have to be very pleased with the game that DeLon Wright put together. A near triple-double. He should have had a triple-double if... His teammates hit another couple of shots, 13 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists for DeLon Wright. Now, of course, this is against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who aren't known for really anything positive on both ends of the floor. And I say that from the Kings' perspective, where there's not much positives on either end for Sacramento as well. But regardless of who the Kings play, it's not easy to run a team at the NBA level. I thought DeLon Wright did a good job. Buddy Heald led the team in scoring, or rather he was tied with Terrence Davis leading the team in scoring with 18 points. Also had 11 rebounds and 4 assists. Buddy Heald continues to stack up other areas of the stat column, which I like to see. Terrence Davis, another solid game for him, proving he is a viable option off the bench for Sacramento. And then Justin James off the bench in 18 minutes scored 13 points. I think 10 of those 13 came in the fourth quarter. He was very aggressive. I just like the energy that Justin James brings to every single game, not just the ones that he plays in, but especially on the bench. Justin James, on your TV screen. He's the first one you see up and celebrating anytime anything happens. He's the first one on the floor during a timeout call to greet his teammates with high fives. That's the kind of person Justin James is, and based on my understanding, that's important for a team to have. Marvin Bagley wasn't bad in this game. Now, he did shoot 5 of 15 But he finished with 13 points, 7 rebounds, not his best game, wasn't horrible, did get into some foul trouble. And I know this is going to sound a bit nitpicky, and that's not my intention here because overall, there's nothing really to be too frustrated about from this night for Marvin Bagley. But I tweeted this out during the game. Against a roster like what Oklahoma City has thrown together, I expect Marvin Bagley to dominate. I expect him to look like the best player on the floor and make it look like there's nobody on the Thunder that can stop him. Last night, to me, was a perfect opportunity for a showcase game for Marvin, and he didn't live up to that. Again, he wasn't bad. He was just fine. But I personally needed to see Bagley more than fine in this particular matchup. Now, with that being said, in order to prove that I'm not just picking on the guy, Marvin is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week this week here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I'm giving it to Marvin because since he came back from his injury, he's been engaged, he's looked athletic, he had really solid games against the Lakers and the Mavericks. This OKC game wasn't his best, but he still wasn't bad. Marvin Bagley deserves the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week award because dealing with what Marvin has had to deal with, the uphill battles... His entire career, the uphill battles just to get to the NBA, that journey is only worth it if you enjoy it. Like Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories in every drink. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. For Marvin Bagley to get through what he's gone through, it requires joy, happiness, and enjoyment, a love of the game. He deserves credit for what he has been able to overcome to this point, even if he hasn't yet lived up to that number two overall pick. Marvin Bagley is this week's Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Michelob Ultra, are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? Locked on crossover action, locked on Pacers, locked on Kings in preparation for tonight's matchup 
in Indianapolis. I'm Tony East, the host of Locked On Pacers, and Matt George is here, the host of Locked On Kings. So we can talk all things Pacers Kings ahead of this game. First of all, Matt, how are you doing, man? I am surviving. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to this offseason, not just for Kings purposes, but for the fact that this season will be done and over with, with how it's been here in Sacramento. It's going to be 15 straight years without the Kings making the playoffs. Yes, they still mathematically have a chance at the play-in tournament. I'm not too worried about that. This is the first time uh, in a long time since 2006 that the Kings are actually playing in May, my birth month, and I thought I'd be happy about it, but I'm not. I'm ready for the season to be over. Yeah, I, I saw some Kings uh, dismay on my Twitter timeline today because they won. They they beat Thunder, which when you're not going to make the play and winning is bad. Three um, straight wins, three straight wins. And wow, uh, there's a decent chance in my mind that they could make it four against the Pacers, although I'm not rooting for it. The Kings are so uh, bad at, at doing the right thing that they can't lose when they want to and also can't win when they want to. So here they are back in what I call NBA purgatory once again, where there's a very real chance that they could fall out of the top 10 in terms of draft lottery odds. And of course, they're going to be on the outside looking in at the playoffs once again. Yeah, as my listeners just heard, things are not super rosy in Pacerland right now. Uh, coaching turmoil, I guess, is the perfect word. So this game will be interesting. I'm sure there'll be some fun and interesting storylines. I thought about calling back to the first Pacers-Kings game to, you know, think because the Kings won that game in Sacramento. The Kings were rolling at that time, too. So I was like, oh, I wonder, you know, if I can take away anything from that game. But Miles Turner played in that game, and Victor Oladipo was a member of the Pacers for that game. That was actually Vic's last game as an Indiana Pacer. So hard for me to draw anything from a Pacers perspective. And Harrison Barnes is currently hurt. Uh, Matt can see me do air quotes. You guys can't. Darren Fox is actually hurt. Tyrese Halliburton is hurt. So it's hard to call back from anything from that game. But let's start there. I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. Fox, Barnes, Halliburton, all of them are not going to play, correct? Correct. All three of them will be out. We just found out from Adrian Wojnarowski uh, tonight after the Oklahoma City game that uh, Tyrese, thankfully, his MRI results came up negative. So his knee is all right. It's not a catastrophic injury as we once feared when anytime there's a non-contact injury in a game. Uh, but he will be out for the remainder of the season, which I think is the absolute right call. I also hope the Kings shut down De'Aaron Fox and Harrison Barnes for the remainder of the season, not just for tanking purposes, but also because I don't see a point of running those guys out there at a lost season at the end when all they can do is hurt themselves and there's really no reward for it other than empty wins at the end of the season. So yeah, those three guys will not be available but that might not mean anything because <laughs> suddenly this Kings team has won three in a row. Now they did beat Oklahoma city who is doing their best to lose every single game, but they also beat the Lakers with LeBron James returning and Anthony Davis playing. And then they beat the Dallas Mavericks for the third time this season of uh, this season. And all three of those wins have been in the last month. So this Kings team, they're just, they're impossible to figure out. And I've had frustrations this year of trying to figure this team out the ups and downs. I couldn't tell you anything about that win earlier in the season over the Pistons because, or rather the Pacers, because we don't know what version of that team it was, what version of the team this is. We just, we don't know anything about this team just on any given night. They can either win or lose, look great, look God awful. We just don't know. Yeah, the, I feel that. Uh, the Pacers just gave up 154 points to the Washington Wizards two nights ago. So 
I totally understand not knowing what you're going to get from the team that you're tuning in to watch on a given night. And especially so when in the case of the Kings and Pacers right now, they're both dealing with a ton of injuries and various random guys are random is the wrong word, but various guys are stepping up and filling bigger shoes and they need to putting up better stats. Uh, And like you just mentioned, and like we brought up, they're missing Barnes who, you know, is one of their best play finishers. They're missing Fox who has the ball all the time and they're missing Halliburton who has the ball all the time. So buddy healed, obviously good movement shooter, good player, but who has the ball out for the Kings? I look at their box score from this game with the Thunder they just played. And it looks like Daylon Wright is really, you know, setting up plays, scoring some points and and running the show in Sacramento right now. Yeah, DeLon Wright was a nice pickup for the Sacramento Kings at the trade deadline, and he started a lot uh, in Detroit with the Pistons, so he's comfortable with it. Now, the uh, the Kings missing Tyrese Halliburton, De'Aaron Fox, and Harrison Barnes, that's equal to, I think, around 54, 55 points per game. So offense was going to be a question mark with this team, and I don't know how much I pull away from tonight's victory against the Oklahoma City Thunder, <laughs> but I do know that they struggled to score at times in this game. So offense is going to be a big question mark. Now I think Delon Wright is more than capable of running the team. He's not Tyrese Halliburton. He's certainly not De'Aaron Fox. So there's a clear drop off there. Buddy Heald, like the team, we don't know what the hell version of Buddy Heald's going to show up. He had uh, 27 or 29 points against the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday, but on Friday in the win against the Lakers, he had, I think, two. So we just don't know what version of Buddy Heald is going to show up. It's really a a flip a coin with this Kings team. Are you going to get the uh, double-double Rashawn Holmes that scores 20 points and has 13 rebounds, also a few block shots? Marvin Bagley is playing again. He's looked good at times. Are you going to get more of that? Uh, I just, I wish I could tell you about this Sacramento Kings team. We're going to, we're going to both watch together to see what shows up for Sacramento. Yeah, this is a, a wild game of names. Like the, the Kings have their maybe three best players. I don't know if that's a stretch or not. Rashawn Holmes has been amazing. So probably not their three best players, but three of their best players out. The Pacers will also have three of their best players out, depending on Brogdon's status, maybe even more than that. So this is just going to be a, a showcase of guys trying to show off their talents. But, you know, Dalen Wright leading the show. Obviously, he did very well. He almost had a triple-double in this game against the Thunder. Caveat, it's the Thunder. The Pacers just beat them by 57 yep. over the weekend. So I don't want to spend too much time on one game. I was just trying to gather what kind of lineups the Kings are going through at this time. So where can the Kings get an advantage against the Pacers? You know, Rashawn Holmes has this funky little floater game and has been a menace on the glass all season. And Buddy Heald's obviously a fantastic shooter. But where specifically in a matchup with the Pacers do you feel like the Kings can get an advantage? Uh, Honestly, and this sounds weird with a team that's lacking the amount of players this Kings team is lacking right now, but I've been pretty impressed as of late with the depth of this team. And I'm talking about the acquisitions uh, that the Kings have made and general manager Monty McNair has made this year. DeLon Wright is one of them. He's now in the starting lineup, Uh, but Terrence Davis has played really well over the last few games. Some would argue that he might be the cheap Buddy Heald replacement if the Kings were to try to, and I believe they will try to move on from Buddy Heald this summer. The question is, can they move that big contract? Uh, Who knows there? Um, So a lot of it's going to be how Terrence Davis plays in this game. Uh, Damian Jones has been an excellent pickup uh, at that center position, backup center position for the Kings. Uh, And then they have capable players off the bench like uh, Kyle Guy, who can come in and and be native. Really, he only scores against the uh, the Golden State Warriors, it seems. Uh, but he can get going at any time. Uh, I think the Pacers, I, I wouldn't say should be concerned about the depth of the Kings, but don't be surprised if someone like Kyle Guy or Terrence Davis or DeLon Wright or Justin James uh, show up and, and drop a lot of points. And then the other big question mark is, 
what version of Marvin Bagley is showing up and is he going to be a liability on the defensive end or not? We know Marvin's can score. We know he has the offensive package and the freak athleticism, but will that be counterbalanced by the amount of points he gives up on the defensive end? That's going to be a big thing to pay attention to. So flip side, Matt, uh, what, what about the Pacers? Are you interested in and what could be relevant for this game? So there's a lot about this Pacers team that I actually wanted to ask you about. The first is kind of the state of these Pacers right now. I mean, after blowing out the thunder, they lose to the Washington Wizards. They're only, what, a game and a half back of the Charlotte Hornets in eighth, which gives you a a significant advantage in this play-in scenario. If you're either the seventh seed or the eighth seed, which is currently held by the Celtics and, and Hornets, then all you have to do is win one game and you're in, not two games. So how aggressively is Indiana chasing Charlotte and Boston here? Is there going to be a real sense of urgency from Indiana in this game that will lead to physicality? Because if it does, the Kings really struggle to match that. So yes and no. Um, I think that internally they would like to win, uh, and the Pacers just don't tank. It's an organization thing from ownership down. It's just how they've been forever. Right. And they have, they're clear, like the way their roster is built, it's not like a team designed to tank. That said, like, dude, you're 30 and 34, you're in ninth with eight games to go. Like, everybody knows you should be jockeying for draft position. That said, they're certainly trying to win, but the state of the Pacers is they're really hurt and they can't win because their defense sucks. They've given up over 400 points in their last three losses, 133 to the, <laughs> one third yeah they're they might be playing the only team in the league with a worse defense than them in this game 133 to portland 130 to the nets and then 154 to the wizards uh on monday so their defense right now is just absolutely atrocious uh and then at, culminating with that 154 their coaches apparently has some some turmoil nate bjorkin mm-hmm. uh, with locker major and rojanowski dropped that report last night so uh the state of the pacers is really dismayed right they, they've been without miles turner he's only played one game in the last three weeks, maybe even a little more than that. Now, Malcolm Brogdon is hurt. Sabonis to miss some time. Jeremy Lamb is hurt. Their young center Goga Batadze is hurt. Edmund Sumner might miss this game. He's been one of their promising young guys. So they've kind of fallen unintentionally into like what you would do if you were tanking. You know what I mean? Like they're forced to play their young guys and experiment with lineups a little more, uh, but they still were winning a little bit. You know, they had a decent enough April to stay in the hunt where you said, you know, they're ninth right behind eighth, but really they are getting smoked recently. Apparently there's some problems going on and their defense looks awful. So is it possible they catch eight? Sure. They have a pretty easy week coming up. Kings, Cavs, Hawks, Wizards uh, in the next seven days. But the way they're playing, it's hard to imagine them actually getting the wins they need and, and climbing in the standings. Yeah, I'm looking at the, I mean, I know they lost by 13 to the Washington Wizards in a game where there was no th- defense on either side and (laughs) i know that has an effect on on the stat column but i'm looking at just the 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 numbers for the pacers in this game i mean of course they get the 33 from karis lavert and demontis sabonis gets 32 uh but you have what how many other players in double figures one two three four five six other players in double figures 13 or rather 15 for holiday 15 for mcconnell 15 uh for the other holiday uh and then uh 10 for brissette and i'm looking at that and the first question that comes to mind is there's the obvious weapons uh, with Indiana that the, the Kings need to be afraid of. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if either Sabonis or Karis Levert absolutely go off in this game. But the Kings always have this tendency to give career nights away to an unexpected score. <laughs> in your mind, who would that be on this Indiana Pacers roster that you think is primed to come in and say, I'm playing the Kings. I'm going to get my looks and is going to capitalize on that. 
Yeah, Jackson Gatlin, the host of Locked On Rockets, asked me this question earlier this season, as did uh, David Ramil when we did I did one with the Heat guys. And I said Edmund Sumner for both of those. Uh, he's young and not very well known around the league, but Pacers fans know him well. He's super, super fast, really athletic, really good defender, really good in transition. So he normally is my answer. He's questionable for this game. Given their situation, I would not be surprised if he doesn't play. And he's been rubbing his knee a lot in recent games, and he had a torn ACL in college. You don't want to mess with that kind of stuff. So there's a chance he misses this game. If he doesn't play, I mean, McConnell is always a fun answer. Every, every team thinks TJ McConnell kills <laughs> kills their team and no one else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your hand goes up there. So I, McConnell's a good choice, but he is well-known for doing exactly that. So it's hard to pick a great answer here. So I'll say O'Shea Brissett because he's very unknown. You know, he was out of the league for a lot of the season. He did very well for the Pacers G League team. Since joining the Pacers, I think he has five or six double-doubles, uh, and he joined the team in April, right? So he has already come into a big role. He looks great on defense, really good shooter, surprisingly, uh, fits really well with them. He's their only true four that they have on the roster. So O'Shea said he'll probably play a bunch of minutes and have a nice game and Kings fans will go, who's that? And then you'll discover that they signed him this month and he's a great player already. Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavors that pop up every once in a while? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. My favorite flavor is mint brownie. And no, I'm still not over mint brownie not winning in the Built Bar Madness tournament bracket in March. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bars delicious, they're healthy too. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. If you don't know what to get mom for Mother's Day, most moms I know, including mine, love Built Bar. Send her a box and you're sure to be her favorite, at least for a while, until you get her the next box of Built Bars. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And if you're looking for some extra money to pay for those Built Bars or whatever you need to buy... You can make that money on betonline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, NFL, and all of your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch or tip-off, head to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Tonight, the Sacramento Kings are against the Indiana Pacers, and they are not favored in this game. They are plus six and a half tonight. I actually don't hate that bet for Sacramento. Or you could go crazy and take the Philadelphia 76ers minus 14 and a half tonight in Houston. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On to cash in on that offer. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So looking forward to what I'm more excited about than this game, and that's this upcoming offseason for the Sacramento Kings. Tony, I don't know how important this offseason is going to be for Indiana, 
But in Sacramento, I mean, we have all eyes on every single move that Monty McNair is making, even though this is just technically his second offseason, but his first full offseason, he is inheriting all the impatience of Sacramento, all the impatience of this fan base where they're not going to accept a long-term rebuild, especially with De'Aaron Fox going into year one of his new max contract. Tyrese Halliburton is here and the amount of money that is currently locking up the Kings books right now. Fans are not going to be content with just staying put and hoping that it works out next year or looking two, three years down the road starting next next summer or starting next year. They want success. There are expectations that this team needs to be in the legitimate playoff conversation. I'm not just talking play in. I'm talking eight, seven, six, five seed as early as next season, which is a significant jump. If they're going to do that, they have to make big moves. So kind of a two-part question here. Actually, um, I'll, I'll break it up into two parts. We'll start with Miles Turner. I don't know the fit of Miles Turner in Sacramento, but I would like to know what the situation is with Miles uh, in Indiana. I know there are rumors about uh, him being on the block or potentially being available last offseason and at the trade deadline. What is the situation with him? Do you expect him to be a pacer going into next season? Yeah, if it's a legal time to trade, you can expect that uh, that Miles Turner will be uh, via yeah. in trade rumors. You know, it's just how it's been for him with Indiana. That said, he's always come in every day, smile on his face, worked hard, got better. Um, and the Pacers something that they're known for, at least this current front office regime is known for is when they have a player deep in trade talks, they will tell the player, look, we are far in talks with you. Just so you know, like some of these reports are true, blah, blah, blah. That happened with miles last summer. Everybody knows about the Gordon Hayward stuff that, that, that got close to happening. Right. So he knew about that. He still came in this year, proved everybody wrong is having his best defensive season. Great dude. Great player. That said, you know, like you said, it seems like uh, he was in talks all summer because he was. And some of that's because his fit with Sabonis is awkward, right? The minutes with just Turner on the floor and not Sabonis, Pacers are plus a bajillion per 100 possessions with just Sabonis and not Turner. They're still good, not nearly as good as just the Turner minutes, but still really good with both. They're a negative, right? So the, you, you have to question that fit and imagine that after two years of it's looking like no success, especially in the postseason, it's time to switch something up. The coaching change isn't doing it. Maybe the, the switch is not having two centers, which when they pick, I don't know, but Turner, because he's been parentally on the block, seems like the one that they would move just given the, the past history there. So I'd imagine they'll, they'll sniff around on that kind of stuff the same way they always have. And are the Kings a good fit? You know, everybody in Pacerland who doesn't watch your team seems to think Marvin Bagley because he was a number two pick would be the awesomest return ever. And I just want to slap myself on the face when that happens. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. Hey, you know, I, I'm with I your don't fans. like that. I think so. you no, know, it doesn't matter what you think, Tony. It matters what I think, and it matters what your fans think. And yeah, I yeah, agree. Yeah, exactly. a, uh, a Marvin Bagley return for that would be great. Well, that that actually leads well into my next question because I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I agree with you. Um, I don't know what the future is going to be at that center position for Sacramento, because I believe it's in the King's best interest to also find a way to resign Rashawn Holmes. We don't know how much money he's going to demand on the open market. Uh, and we know the Kings as of right now, unless they move on from some contract, Mar Marvin's owed 11 million next year, Buddy Heald's owed 20 million next year. Um, and not to mention Harrison Barnes's contract, De'Aaron Fox's contract kicks in. You're certainly not moving on from that one. Uh, so the Kings are going to have to free up a little bit of money. I think if they're going to want to bring Rashawn, 
Rashawn Holmes back. If they're not able to bring, bring Rashawn back, then maybe Miles Turner is an option that Monty McNair looks at in the trade market. But I brought up two names there that I want to gauge your potential interest and reaction on. That is Marvin Bagley, one of them, which I kind of got an idea of, and then Buddy Heald being the other. And you can be brutally honest with, I'm just trying to figure out what interest there is outside of Sacramento in these two players. Because my assessment is that because of their contracts and their play styles, both of their values are significantly low. And if the Kings are going to find a way to move on from those contracts and get teams to take them on, it's going to take either a not great return or Sacramento is going to attach, have to attach something to them to sweeten the pot. Yeah. I liked Buddy more last year actually um, than now. I don't know that he's taken like a massive step back or anything, but he seems to be playing not as well this year. I could, you know, you watch the Kings more than I do, but um, so I'm a little less into him than I used to be, you know, like, like when the Vic talks were happening last year, I think we chatted a little bit. I was like, you know, I, I'd be, I'd look at a Vic buddy plus stuff swap. Like that would not be crazy. No. Yeah. You're right. He makes 20 million. He's probably a neutral value at best kind of guy. Uh, maybe if the Pacers are really retooling, like they could use shooting for sure. They, you know, Doug McDermott's not hitting them as well as he has in past seasons this year. So their shooting has been maybe not a problem necessarily, but not something they have enough of. So, I mean, if they need a shooter and maybe they could come calling there, but matching contracts always makes that kind of stuff difficult when they make so much and their neutral value, Jeremy Lamb and some other salary maybe gets that done. I don't know what you think about Jeremy Lamb or what assets would have to be there, but I don't think that makes a ton of sense just given the Pacers salary situation. Bagley, like I said, I don't think he's particularly awesome and has a ton of value. That said, if the Pacers are thinking about changing coaches, clearly they're thinking about, you know, what the future holds for this franchise and core. So if they end up going nuclear and blowing it up, maybe there's something there, you know, as a, as a rebuild piece. But if they stick with, trying to go for wins. I don't, I don't see Bagley being a fit at all. So maybe on buddy as a shooter, but I highly doubt it on Bagley because Bagley frankly hasn't been very good and has been more distracting to the Kings than successful. Yeah. And on top of that, you can't really rely on him and whatever team absorbs him is absorbing a project. Now, to be fair, there's still massive potential there for Marvin. And that's a tough realization right. here in Sacramento is there's a very good chance that the Kings could move on from Marvin. He could go somewhere and realize that fringe all-star potential, which would be a tough pill to swallow. But I think uh, both sides are are pretty keen on the idea of a fresh can, start. Can I, can I make you feel a little better with that? Absolutely. Every Pacers fan was very afraid that Victor Oladipo would get traded and then look amazing for another team this season. And he's looked worse at every other team he's been on with than the Pacers this year. Well, and they well, got a great return for him. So we'll, we'll keep that hope alive, but <laughs> knowing the Kings luck, who knows? And speaking of the Kings luck, I'll just give you my vibe for this game uh, that is happening. Uh, I say tomorrow night, cause we're recording this on, uh, on Tuesday night, but the game happening tonight when the listeners are listening to this, my vibe is as weird as the Sacramento Kings are on these random win streaks that they have been able to go on this season. Uh, I don't have too much faith uh, in a Kings victory over Indiana. So I know there's a lot of stuff going on in Pacer land right now, but this might be a good get right opportunity for them. But at the same time, I don't know much about my own team. You call me a local expert. I'm still trying to figure them the hell out. Yeah. You know, if you just, if if you hold me at gunpoint, yeah, I'm going to pick a Pacers win. The Kings are last in defense this season. Great pick them apart, get some confidence, try to keep rolling towards the playing tournament. That said, I have absolutely no reason to pick the Pacers to win a basketball game right now. So <laughs> I mean, they, I, if they lost, I would kind of just shrug and be like, yeah, okay. No, can no. both teams lose? Can we just agree that both teams <laughs> lose? And, and I think every that? fan would be happy if that happened there. Right. It's weird. Be like, cause the Pacers were supposed to be trying this year. 
but the, the segment of fans who still want them to win is immaculately small anymore. So I think, uh, I think everybody just wants to lose. You know, what's sad, Tony, is you say the Pacers are supposed to be trying. The Kings are trying and <laughs> this is where they're at. So that, that might tell you everything you need Shouldn't to know. laugh. I'm sorry. It's okay. We, we accept it. We laugh at ourselves because it's the only thing we can do. It's all we have left humor. And we will keep on laughing and trying to have a good time here. Anytime there is a good time to be had on the Locked on Kings podcast. Big thank you to Tony East for joining me for that crossover episode. Anytime you have any interest in the Indiana Pacers, check out the Locked on Pacers podcast. Check out all of the great podcasts that we have across the Locked on Podcast Network. Plenty to respond to if you want to talk about last night's game, preview tonight's Pacers game, ask questions about Tony and my conversation. Maybe you're interested in Miles Turner or another piece on that Pacers roster. Let me know. No, at Matt George Radio on Twitter, or you can email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to recap this game and more. I look forward to having you with me then. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <laughs>